Tschüss. While your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Appreciate the mayor coming by, um, spending an hour with us. Yeah, definitely. That was a great uh, segment. Um, so so at, at nine o'clock, we've got uh, Billy Sylvia. We have Billy. So for those of you who, who, who are wondering about the fire, um, and we're, we're going to be talking about that. Uh, we have Billy Sylvia, who's the president of the uh, the New Bedford Fire Union. Um, they did an amazing job, extraordinarily difficult job. And I know when people go, well, that's their job. It is. I, I do. I get it. It's their job. But much like the police, um, it takes an incredible level of courage to run towards the danger. I don't, I'm not a big fan of fire or heights. When I saw the firefighter going up the ladder, right, face right in the flames, heading up that ladder um, to that enormous building, I can't even imagine the heat. Just the, the danger, it's, it, it's unbelievable. Um, and again, they're all volunteers. You know, they are paid. I've heard all those things. But it takes an incredible person to run to the danger. Um, and so we're all very lucky to have them, whether you're in the city of New Bedford or, or for instance, the firefighters in the town of Fairhaven. We're all very, very lucky to have the men and women um, who've, who who have opted to become firefighters, police, EMTs, first responders. Um, Marcus, one of the things I noticed um, uh, is that all the area EMTs and ambulances that came in to back up the um, the fire department, right, and, and the EMTs here in New Bedford, Dartmouth, Fairhaven, Freetown, Lakeville, Wareham, Mattapoisett, mm-hmm. They were all there in the city last night. Yeah, uh, mutual aid. Mutual yeah. aid, just an incredible. I, I wrote an article about it years ago, referring to it like NATO. It really yeah. is like a NATO alliance around here. All these firefighters, police, um, EMTs, ambulance services, who all work together. And um, I'll tell you yesterday, Marcus, I knew there was a big fire because I was at dialysis. I go to dialysis here in Fairhaven. And... Some of the people who get dialysis come in by ambulance. I'm, I'm fortunate that I don't have to do that at this moment in my life. Um, that might be it if I did. 
<laughs> although, <laughs> although some of the girls driving those ambulances. Anyway, so there was a gentleman who was waiting to get picked up, and it was there was well past the time he was supposed to get picked up, and his ambulance. They called the staff called from the dialysis clinic saying, where's so-and-so's ambulance? And they said, I heard them come out and say to him, you're going to have to wait a while because there, there's a big fire in the city of New Bedford. This is a private ambulance service that had been, you know, um, recruited, I guess, drafted into the, into the effort. Um, so it was an incredible, incredible team effort. And so we'll have Billy Sovia from the uh, New Bedford Fire Department uh, giving us a call at 9 o'clock. Um, Tonight, Marcus, uh, we're taking people's calls at 508-996-0500. And, and you know, a little bit of app chat pushback, and I've gotten this before, so I just want to make uh, something clear. Um, we get uh, Mayor Mitchell's on with Tim every week at 11. Right. Uh, if you'd like to call and ask him a question, you have literally 52 opportunities <laughs> to right. call him right. and ask him a question. And there's an hour, so 52 hours of opportunity to ask Mayor Mitchell a question per year. And last year was a leap year, so you actually got an extra one. You got 53. Right. Yeah. Was last year a leap year? Nobody will check. <laughs> no one will check, Marcus. I, I think That's next the beauty year's... of comedy. No one checks. <laughs> so um, uh, when he's here, we'd like to have more in-depth discussion with him about the stuff that, you know, the issues of the day. That's kind of the point of the show. Look, we... Every day, every week, the, the, mayor, the mayor's on here. Every day, the mayor's on. Every time the mayor's on, both Marcus and I want to call in, but we don't. <laughs> we don't. We give you an opportunity. So when we get a chance to speak with the mayor ourselves, we, we use it. Yeah. And, and the fact is that, you know, as I said, we, we, we listen, we, we, we follow this stuff, and sometimes it's important to have a follow-up question with the mayor. Um, so... The um, a lot there. There was a lot. Um, there was I, a lot. I thought that, um, and again, we w- the reason we didn't ask about the fire we had, is because Tim asked him about it, and we're going to have Billy on in a little while. Well, we're so, going to have an actual yeah. firefighter that was there at the, the fire, not just the guy who is in charge of the fire department. We get an actual working fireman. Yeah, president of the fire union. We have a guy who could be in a catalog or a, or a calendar. The firefighter, a calendar. Don't they make calendars sometimes? <laughs> they do. They do. Yeah. Well, let's ask. We'll ask Billy about that. Do you? Should we take an early? Break? Yeah, take an. Yeah. Let's take an early break. Uh, welcome. Hey, welcome back. Welcome to the back. Show. We've got some uh, calls online. Do you want to? Yeah, let's go ahead and take them. Good evening. You're live. Good evening. I'm glad the mayor got to come on. Thank you. And I hope he comes on again soon when we can ask him some questions. What questions so do you I have? I understand he's talking about a comprehensive housing plan. Yes. But and um, nothing I read on the housing plan does it give an idea of why we are in this situation. He briefly alludes to, well, because of the pandemic. Well, the pandemic didn't cause a housing crisis. And I understand there were some issues. But honestly, I think until he's realistic about what what got us in the situation it's going to be a self-perpetuating problem i know i've been banging the drum about the surrounding communities and he's saying in there you know he's going to try to attempt to force the hand of the surrounding communities and make them step up and take a share of the burden but he doesn't admit that 
when it was um, all of the, I know I'm going to go back on this, but all of the immigration that came, he was the first one with his hand in the air saying, you know, send them to me when it was Venezuelans, when it was Afghanistan, when it was Ukrainian, all the refugees. Well, and well, I was in favor of the, of the Afghanistani refugees. Uh, uh, it it wasn't just in him. favor of all of them. Yeah. But here's the thing. He raised his hand. None of the surrounding communities did. And now uh, he wants I don't think them that's... to take some of the, to share some of the burden, which I believe they should. Sure. But I also think they might say, hey, you asked for this. And now you're asking the surrounding towns and your city's taxpayers to bail you out. Now, although it might have seemed very virtuous at the time, and I know Marcus is going to be like, well, you didn't want them here to begin with. No, I think it can be air. Yeah, you're going to say that. But guess what? I love babies, puppies, and kittens. But do I have 33 of them? <laughs> no, because I know that I would That's love to have that many. That's pretty I would good. love to have That's that many. Good. But you see crazy people when the houses are burning and 87 cats are running out. Is that love? Is that irresponsible? Well, that's no, because I know physically, emotionally, spiritually, and financially, I will not be able to provide the best for what they deserve as my children. My supplies are only so you know, can go so far. So to me, that is not responsible. And it doesn't mean I love any immigrants less. But to me, if you're not going to, you know, if you're going to be disingenuous and you're not going to admit the other half of the problem. Half but, you know, of the, the problem. I, I think I think it's disingenuous to say it's half of the problem. Well, I, 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 half I, I, of I, the I, problem I, of how we got here. He's saying it's, it's because of the pandemic. The pandemic itself didn't create this prop, this well, overburdened situation. It didn't build so enough. So it's going to continue the way it is. We're going to continue to have this problem unless we get a handle on it. Yes, if people naturally migrated and ended up here, we would all do what we did. Could but the but the Afghan but the, here's the thing the Afghanis the Venezuelans those all those people you're talking about Mitchell invited them here he was able to because they have legal status so they all did immigrate here naturally no, I'm not talking about illegal I don't care if they come from a cushion or New York if we cannot house people we need to dissuade them but what I'm saying is they can migrate but it's a big country and we're one of the very top states that took the most immigrants. You can argue with that all you want. Those are facts. And also in the state, we're one of the cities that took the most, like the top five cities that took the most immigrants. So out of the country and out of the state, that's disproportionate. So it's nothing about, I like the snide remarks about, well, you don't like immigrants. People that know me know exactly what I have done in my life with and surrounding immigrants. This is not compassion. And to me, unless we deal with that, we're going to continue to be in this situation. Well, we did oh, give them God. driver's licenses so they can leave. I, I, I do think that the... Um, I'm not going to laugh at that. What? I said we gave them driver's licenses so they can leave. Yeah. I mean, there's, drivers, there's 19 other states that did that, too. But, so they um, can leave, I said. Oh, so they can leave. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so um, I mean, there's a couple of things. One, you know, the... We're we're sort of in this like dual crisis of not even ha not having enough housing and also not being able to build out a, a, a workforce to fill some a lot of the vacant jobs that we have as well, and immigration does actually play an important role in filling out those jobs, uh, filling out a lot of those vacant jobs. I think that's a pretty much an idea that has legal yeah, immigration has has bipartisan support. So listen, we let you talk for a little bit. We're gonna we're gonna talk. Just uh, just let us finish our point. So um, if if Mayor Mitchell was going to kick out 
let everybody that he let in uh, or everybody that came to this city, there would still be a house uh, crisis of housing. We still have a supply shortage, and the uh, this is a national this is a national crisis. It's he not like he can't kick anybody out. He can't kick anyone out. Yeah, he can't. He can't restrict no, who comes no, into the I'm city. They can naturally migrate to where they will go. But when you're the first one asking for them, it's just disproportionate throughout the country. And also, when you have millions of people migrating in in a short period of time. Maybe nobody in the country was ready for that. But, but I, I have to tell you, something. The, 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 the Afghanis specifically was a very low number of people, and they were our allies. And if we left them, they, they had to be taken here into yeah. America because they fought with us. You, whether you want to agree with the war or not, that's beside the point. They right. were our I allies. Was a very close family member in that war and they helped we helped raise um you know furniture and 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 and, um furnish those apartments yes we did no i I, listen i'm not saying i I don't don't, agree i I think that you what i'm saying is that and look uh, look i generally agree with what you're saying um to to some degree and i certainly understand your frustration with i share it um but the issue with the Afghanis, which which is the one I specifically remember the mayor talking about, um, was is a very small number of people. And the fact of the matter is, is that municipalities have no control over who moves in and out of their cities or or, no, or, or no, their that's towns. That's what I'm saying. But if you're requesting them, because he did do it also with the Venezuelans that were in in the vineyard, and he also did it with the Ukrainians, and that's all well and good and virtuous. But if we cannot accommodate them, and now you're forcing the price of everything up, because those weren't the only ones. You know that we've got 25% more people that have immigrated to this this very area in a short time. I am just saying if we can't acknowledge that, we are not benefiting any of them or, or the or ourselves. Or, so we so, get a handle on so, it. So I think one of the things that's important about this conversation is that hopefully we'll get more facts on the table about what is going on because because i don't understand what is causing i understand supply and demand but inside of inside of those 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 metrics you also have a rise in price that really out out outstrips what we've seen in the past and i don't see any big new employers coming into the area for instance when i worked at commercial real estate consulting we would look at areas right so for instance if a general dynamics plant was opening in South Carolina, you would understand why why landlords would see a rise in the price they could charge for rent. If the train was was coming, but the, we haven't seen the train impact yet. I don't know that we ever really will see the impact of the train. But I don't see much more beyond the commuter rail as far as real changes in this area. Well, the, you the, have the, to admit the cost of every single thing. Well, that's two true. Two by fours, drywall, everything has gone up. So I'm not saying some some aren't jumping the gun and raising the prices more than necessary, but they may be jumping it thinking we've got to get it now. I totally understand that. You, you have no to get in front of inflation. So they can. Right. right. So, yeah, we're in a much bigger problem and we got to get out ahead of it. And I don't see it happening and I don't see it in his comprehensive plan because we're not acknowledging a full scope of what got us here. So, you know. All right. Guys. Hey, thanks for the call. Really thanks for the call. It. We appreciate it. Thank you. 
So 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program. We'll also take your app chat messages on the WBSM app. I'd like to shift focus uh, on the conversation. Yeah, just, just one thing I, I, I do want to, to dovetail what the mayor said about how important municipal uh, government is and how much it, you know, the issues, how, you know, the issues and, and, and the fact that you're right up close with your municipal officials. Mm-hmm. That woman is making valid points. Unfortunately, they should be made to people in Washington. Really. Right. Because the mayor, God love him, can't do anything about it. No. He, really. And, it's and it's, true. It's, it is a dereliction of duty on the federal government side. Um, but, but I just wanted to point out that what the mayor is saying about local government is so true, and they're very limited. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I remember when uh, remember we had Congressman Keating on after the whole um, Martha's Vineyard thing. Right. And uh, he was talking about how he met with two senators, and they were... You know, he just had dinner with Chris Coons and Mark Warner, right? right? And they were talking about how they need to get this done, be to build out a workforce and just to make a more, you know, you know, just a more tenable immigration situation. Right? And to work with the Republicans. And we, that's the thing we said, uh, and then I said after, and I don't think it's Keating's fault. He's not in lead, you know, he's not in the, in the leadership in that role. He's in other leadership positions, not in that role. And uh, I said, nothing's going to get done. And, you know. You know, as of today, uh, I'll tell you that, that I, I was watching uh, this morning um, on CNBC, which is generally my go-to in the morning, and um, they had the, the the Republican chairman of the Finance Committee on there, the Financial Committee in the House. Really, really reasonable guy saying that. Look, I want to get the the debt ceiling stuff done. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have a crisis. I want to get again. He's a finance guy. He understands stability is what works for financial markets, even if it's even if it's draconian. Uh, stability sometimes, really. That's why you'll often see that money and capital flows to uh, the dictatorships as opposed to um, chaotic situations, even if there's tons of freedom there, um, because you need to have stability. So, which yeah. I think is the mayor's point when it comes to these ballot questions. So, so Marcus, you and I were talking about this off-air. I think it's, it's great to speculate with, the, with our callers. Do we think the mayor's running again? Uh, yeah. I absolutely think he's running Yeah. I'm more convinced now than I've, I've ever been. Right. And we, we tried to, you know, look, the, he's obviously a smart guy. That's why we want him to run again. Um, you're not going to get him to give us anything he's not willing to give on his own schedule. But the one question I did ask, it was off the air, but I feel I can broach it here on the air with you folks. I don't think he gave me anything. Which was, I just asked him, is there anybody you'd be willing to hand the keys over to? I didn't get an answer. Mm. Remember, even if he doesn't run again, he still owns a property here. Yeah. Right? His kids yeah. still live here. Right. The whole region, as I've always said, as goes New Bedford, goes the region. Yeah. Is there anyone that you folks could see if John Mitchell decided to not run again? There's certainly some, I mean, there's certainly some contenders that come to mind. You know, I, I think that, though, when you release a... Uh, a plan like this, you know, to, to, and it's like, this is work we've done, but it's still, you know, stuff that you want to continue going forward. It still feels like despite, you know, all of the things that he can point to, to say, Hey, look, we're getting offshore wind. Hey, look, the schools are better. Hey, look, um, we've got this comprehensive housing plan. 150 units are coming online. More, more to come later. Right. Right. It still feels like there's more to do. And, you know, wanting to, there's see, a whole lot more. To there's do. a whole lot more to do, and you know, being in the job, being used to the job, right, and knowing it this well, it's like, why not? I think Marcus, that 
since the 1960s, you have not had a New Bedford mayor with this kind of federal vet dollars. Yeah, to get his to get his. Well, goals that's the other thing too. There's a lot of money to play with, and it's a gen. It is like you said since the 1960s. It's right. a generational, and they've been saying this. It's a generational investment. Right. So you know, I, I think there's too much opportunity that he sees that um, he's not going to pass up after have been, having been here so long. I really feel like John is is hitting his stride. Mm-hmm. Not to say that he wasn't always, you know, he was all, but there's a there's a a growth as we as you have in any profession. Um, certainly, I I'm better at talk radio, <laughs> except for my voice, than I was when I started. Right, Marcus. Mm-hmm. You, you, I know you, you know, you're better. I was there with you from day one. Yeah. So, you know, you, you just would t- practice. The more you think about it, the more you oh. do it, the better you get. Just day one from this 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 show, uh, this show specifically, you know, you, you yeah. get more used to it. Being on every day as opposed to being on once a week. Right. It's, it's a bit. <laughs> the next day, you go, well, well, I got well, to start over again, right? So. Uh, it's like almost Kafka-esque. You're he, like, it's like you're, it's like you're in a factory, he, like assembly line. He's got a team. Around him, you he know, does. John, John has built a team. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got his own people there. He's got um, a lot of things that that he that he can accomplish. Yeah, right. A great relationship with the governor. Um, great relationship with the state delegation. Mm-hmm. Money. Yeah, money. Money. Right. That's the big thing. money. He can he can use. He can leverage. He is leveraging it, uh, and he is really into the job. Yeah. Not to say that he ever wasn't. I don't know. I'm just saying that he really seems really enthusiastic about the job. He does not seem like a guy who's leaving. Right. No, it, it, it just, it, it wouldn't make sense. There'd have to be an incredible opportunity. Well, well we, we, Mark, Marcus, you and I do this. We've been doing this for years. Yeah. We would read it on him. Yeah, right. He's not exactly. a liar. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, no, he's not, not going to sit here. And, 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 I mean, that was a genuine enthusiasm on and off the air. I agree. Right? I mean, there is... Now, again, there's always other opportunities. There are, you know... Something could... Unless something comes up before it's time to pull papers, right? Right. right. Yeah. But also, I would say that because he is a responsible property owner in the city of New Bedford who has made commitments, he would not be waiting this late in the game if he was going to leave, mm-hmm. right? Because I can't imagine that John would, if he if he's going to leave, would not want to have a robust primary and draw out candidates who would never think to oppose him. Because this is, you know, these races are expensive. They're four-year terms now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's not forget that, Marcus. <laughs> yeah. This is no give him a dry run for two years. Yeah. This is the real deal. It's four years. Yeah. It was one thing to vote for the four-year term when you knew John was getting reelected. Yeah. It's another. John leaves. That ballot question might look a lot sexier to the rest of us. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Yeah. You might yeah. go, wow, that council was really right. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree. And I, I think that, um, uh, you know, in terms of like, um, like uh, that even the ballot questions, like, why would he care? You know, like, why would he, what, you know, like, go ahead, put him on the ballot, you know, but he's vehemently against it because I think he's seeing, it's not only a, a you know, he's saying it represents a fundamental change in government that if 
if passed, he would have to see through himself. And Marcus, there's not he hasn't, he hasn't had to veto a lot of things. Yeah, but he's never had a letter like that before. Right. That was a direct argument to the voters. Yes. Um, that he's going to be a see through to November. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine that. Of course, I also wonder, and we're going to find out whether all these city councils will stay with the the rash vote they made. Yeah, I suspect that some more we'll, we'll s- will change their mind a little bit. I think an interesting revelation he made on the air was that some councillors that he spoke with had a differing position than the vote they made. Oh, yeah. So you wonder if we're going to see some uh, change in the way people vote. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Hey, how you doing, guys? Hey, Tom. What's up? One of the things I really uh, uh, liked about the mayor's statement on housing was the regional approach. Uh, We all know that the 40B uh, legislation, uh, which has never been enforced, uh, could have helped solve this over the years uh, and and change complexions in places like Marion, Mattapoise, Christian Fairhaven, Dartmouth, et cetera, uh, because they haven't fulfilled their obligation and and that uh, burden fell on the city. His comments about uh, coming out with a regional approach. Now, he, he wouldn't be the enforcer of the 40B, but maybe uh, the state will start looking at it that way uh, to, to make sure that uh, these towns uh, that haven't fulfilled their obligation will, in fact, fulfill them. One of the things about that is for every uh, 10 new houses in these cities or towns, there's supposed to be at least one uh, affordable housing piece. It's supposed to be 10% of your housing stock. So I, I really, you know, these people in this administration are deep thinkers, and uh, I really enjoyed that because I, I've been squawking about that for years, but there's never anybody to enforce it. It was like, okay, that's the law, you know, every 10% in every city and town in the Commonwealth, but nobody ever enforced it. The, and, uh, that, that was part of the problem. The, the reason I brought up to him, the because it's my experience, that if he could in some way, lend his experts, expert staff members to the towns as consultants to help them learn what they have to do. Because really, I believe in a lot of ways, there is, it's not from a lack of trying, but just a lack of time. Everybody has what's on their plate. Um, That was a brilliant comment, Chris, and I really enjoyed that one too. Yeah, that that was well thought out. Yep. It it was, um, Again, I think that these towns, again, you only have on your plate what you have on your plate. And, and Marcus, yeah. you know from town meetings, there's only so much money to go around. And yeah. to say, we want to get a city planner in here 20 hours a week to plan affordable housing, that's going nowhere in right. town meeting. That's going nowhere. <laughs> yeah. But if you say, geez, we can, we can take it out of, our, out of our administration budget, doesn't have to go to town meeting, five grand for a consulting, we'll pay the city of New Bedford, bring someone over who has a city of New Bedford, how to extend the sewer lines, things like that. You might be able to get some forward progress. Yeah. All right. That was, that was a tremendous idea. Yeah. But anyway, that was my I comment. I won't be welcome back evening. in Freetown, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was my comment. Thanks. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom. All right. Let's, um, let's actually hit a break and we'll be right back. Sure. 1420 WBSM can now be heard on 99.5 FM. 100. Did you know that when you make time to do three simple things each day with your children, talking, reading, and singing, 
you're helping to shape and strengthen their brains for the years to come? I love to look at the pictures in a book and notice little details about the characters. I pause along the way to ask my child to wonder about how they might feel. When you ask open-ended questions like, what do you notice? Or what do you think will happen next? You're inviting them to be curious. All these rich conversations help develop both their vocabularies and their thinking skills. And it's a great way for you and your child to bond and discover the world together. As a father, helping my child is the most important thing to me. Each of us has the power to create a strong start for our children by talking, reading, and singing with them from the moment they're born and help them to enter school ready to learn and succeed in life. Visit TalkingIsTeaching.org for free tips, resources, and ideas on how to transform everyday moments into magical moments for learning. As a veteran of the United States military, I can finally get the opportunity to enjoy special events like a date with my wife or going out together with my family and friends. Things that we couldn't afford, thanks to Vectix. Every empty seat at a concert, a game, motorsports, or a play is a missed opportunity to say thanks to a veteran and service member. We can help. We can give our veterans a special event where they too can create their own cherished memories. Find out how by visiting www.vettix.org. That's www.vettix.org. Find out how you can make a difference in a veteran's life. Children are placed in foster care through no fault of their own. Because of abuse or neglect, it's heartbreaking. We were just left in a hotel. Tay and his brothers were adopted with help from the Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption. But more than 100,000 children in the U.S. are still waiting for a family. Now that I'm adopted, I can focus on being a kid. Learn how you can help at DaveThomasFoundation.org. Pollution from trucks is a public health crisis. Diesel burning trucks belch dangerous levels of pollution. And communities living near ports and along freight corridors breathe especially high levels of this dirty air. But this crisis has a solution. My name is Sasan Sadat and I work for Earth Justice. I'm working to clean up our air quality, particularly for communities that bear the burden of diesel pollution. For the sake of our lungs, our health, and our climate, the future of trucking in this country has got to be zero emissions. Until then, I will never rest. Earth Justice is a national legal nonprofit defending the environment and people's health. Earth Justice is fighting to save lives, protect our climate, and strengthen our economy through the shift to zero emissions. If clean air matters to you, visit us at earthjustice.org. Earth Justice, because the earth needs a good lawyer. Get breaking news alerts, stream audio, send us text messages, and get live traffic and weather updates all on the WBSM app. Download it now from your app store or at WBSM.com. Welcome back. And we're joined now by our, our, our fearless leader, Tim Weisberg. Hey, Tim, how are you? Hey, Marcus, how's it going? Good. So you were at the... Um, 
candidates night at the Freetown Lakeville for Freetown Lakeville School Committee. Uh, of course, the candidate Kayla Churchill is the one who was charged with trespassing for walking onto schools. It was a big story. Um, how did that go? What did you think? Were you in the schools? Is that what they had the debate? Yes, it was in the uh, the auditorium of Aponiquet High School. P- pretty nice, huh? Yeah, it's uh, beautiful, beautiful here. And, uh, of course, everybody waiting for Kayla Churchill to show up and to take the stage during the school committee portion of the of the candidates' night, and she was nowhere to be found. That's interesting. Why, they have a restraining order against her? No, she, so she did have, she had posted on her Facebook page that she did have permission to be able to go to the school both for this candidate's night and if she became uh, a member of the school committee. So, Wait, so you know, just like John Oliveira, she got the okay. <laughs> just like John Oliveira, yeah, exactly. It's a disturbing <laughs> yeah. trend, really. It, it, it actually is, yeah. Um, so, uh, it, it, in fact, if, if they, they could encourage school, they could discourage crazy school committee candidates by not lifting that, uh, not lifting that ban. So, yes. was there any discussion about any of the stuff that she, you know, any of her antics? So there was. There were some folks who asked questions uh, that they, you know, one student actually stood up. A senior stood up. Uh, Nikhil uh, was his name, and he stood up and made a statement about what they're looking for for leaders for the school department and that they should require the people who would be on the school committee and who would lead the schools to have to abide by the same code of conduct that they expect students to abide by. And uh, he got a big round of applause for his comments. Now, I spoke with him afterwards. He did not want to particularly you know, point out any, any candidate he might have been speaking about, but he was very thoughtful in his comments, and, and he said that the way he feels represents a majority of the student body who, by the way, he says, the, the students that he talks to every day and, and he himself feel completely safe in these schools. And then I, there was another student who spoke up, a trans student who's part of the Gay Straight Alliance, Lily, and when she stood up and, and tried to make a statement about Kayla Churchill, the moderator actually tried to cut her off wow. to say, you know, we're not going to have you attack somebody who's not here, and the audience you know, responded with, you know, let her speak. Yeah. Uh, but he, they did try to like finesse it so that she could re you know she could change around her question i spoke with her afterwards she said she was understanding as to why they shut her down but that she feels it's important for people to know that uh miss churchill who reached out to the school looking for a list of students who are part of the gay straight alliance that that makes those students feel like they are unsafe and that if if kayla churchill's whole platform is based on safety why is she doing things that makes a particular group of students feel unsafe yeah, no, abs- uh, absolutely, and, and to the to the point of uh, you know, don't talk about somebody who isn't here. She's deciding to run for school committee and make herself a public figure, and it's a school committee candidate forum. If she chose not to be there, she chose not to to stand in front of her constituents. I mean, that shouldn't that shouldn't um, preclude her from criticism. Um, well, and and Lily was addressing things that were on her public Facebook page, her candidate Facebook page, such as sharing posts from the horrendous group known as Moms for Liberty. Chris, you have a question. Uh, uh, who's Moms for Liberty? So it's a it's a group, a, a conservative-minded group that pushes for uh, certain things within the classrooms, which, you know, on the surface, it seems like a perfectly good organization, but it's actually been characterized as a hate group because of some of the antics of its members, including, uh, no, it's a national, it's a national movement. Who, who characterizes them as a hate group? 
Um, there's been a variety of different things. You know, obviously, whenever there's a hate group characterization, it comes from our friends at the uh, Southern Law, the you know, the Poverty Center. But this was more other academic groups have also labeled them that. And it's because of the way that individuals in the group have targeted people more, more so than it was the overall messaging of the group. For example, like, so they have made outright threats. So this woman's she, she She's not a member of that as far as I know. She, she shared something on her Facebook, on her campaign Facebook page, encouraging people to sign up for Moms for Liberty. So, that sounds pretty I, much like a member. If yeah, it sounds like a member. Them, right? yeah. Well, yeah, and for sure. And I just want to point out, too, to be fair, I, mean, I messaged her campaign. You to Harry Krishner's, and that's when I knew... You, you just you just didn't want to shave your head. Yeah, you just didn't want to shave your head. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. I thought we'd be like the two guys in airplane, you know. But she, I did reach out to Kayla Churchill on her official campaign Facebook page uh, at eight at eight twenty five. She saw asking her why she wasn't here at eight twenty five. She saw the message. I still haven't received a response yet. Uh, seeing as how she's not a big fan of mine, I would not be surprised if I don't get a response. So Tim, who else spoke? Who, who did show up? Let's give them some attention. The two candidates who were running for re-election. So it's it's a two. There's two people that will be elected, two open seats, three candidates. Her being the third. The other two candidates are the incumbents, Jennifer Blum and Robert Clark. Both of them showed up, Bob spoke Clark. very thoughtfully. Yeah, Bob Clark's been there since I think I was I was at Aponequid. Actually, yep. literally and true. Yeah. And, and it just, you know, both very thoughtful candidates. Uh, actually, there's been some discussion online about whether or not Kayla Churchill actually was targeting Jen Blum because she was trying to, I guess she had a private investigator look into, allegedly had a private investigator looking into whether or not Blum is an actual resident because she's originally from Fairhaven. Uh, but, you know, the, all of this stuff is just, you know, scuttlebutt that's out there on the Internet. And But I've seen Kayla Churchill respond to those accusations, so I think it's fair game to discuss. Based on the um, crowd that she showed up in the reception to, um, you know, her, the mentioning of Churchill and what the other candidates in general, it seems like, uh, it's, it's just from what you're telling me, it seems like the candidates are more receptive to re-electing the two incumbents. Yeah, absolutely. There was about 50 people in attendance thereabouts, and I would have to say it was overwhelmingly not in favor of her. When Whenever she was mentioned, nobody like stood up to defend her. Uh, I talked to a lot of people in the, uh, in the hallway afterwards. It was a, there was a good contingent of people that were there hoping she would show up and reveal some of her platform, um, but having no intention of voting for her, of course. Look, I, 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 I know the, the politics of Freetown pretty well, and um, you're not going to get votes if you don't show up to debates. Yeah, I mean it, it's right. It's a slap in the face. Well, it's a pretty reasonable town. If you don't, if you don't have the the, the decency to show up to a debate and, and defend your positions, you, if they're controversial, then you really should show up to defend them, right? If they're being taken right. out of context, if you believe, show up and show up and and, and, and correct them. But here's the problem is she's never actually released a platform. There's nothing on her website. All we see is some shares and some comments on her, on her Facebook page. She said that this would be the night that she would reveal her platform because she was afraid her candidates would steal her ideas ahead of time. I don't think uh, Jen Blum or Bob Clark are going to be of the, same ilk, uh, the same mindset at all, but that was her defense. Now, to be fair, there were other candidates who were on the ballot who did not show up for candidates' night, but they are all running unopposed. So I, I, and they're all people who have been, you know, probably longtime incumbents. So they, they didn't really need to show up. Bob Clark's got to have been there for 40 years. Yeah, he was talking about that. Yes, and this is going to be his last term. Okay. Tim, we're running Whether up we like we're running up against the break. We appreciate you calling in and giving the update. I'm sure you'll talk more about this tomorrow on the Tim Weisberg show from 9 to noon. Um, thanks for joining us. 
All right. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Absolutely. Tim. Thanks, Tim. So that was Tim Weisberg. He was at the uh, Freetown Lakeville uh, School Committee meeting. You, you know one of the school committee members running for re-election. You worked with him when you were selectman. Bob Clark, really good guy. My dad worked with him when my dad was over there. As I said, I, I was really surprised. That's very interesting. Um, I know when Aaron Burke, friend of the show, was a school committee member, um, Bob Clark was on the school committee. Mm -hmm. uh, Aaron was a school committee member in Lakeville. And, and so uh, is uh, Missy was on there, too, at one point. They're both in Rochester now. Mm -hmm. But, um, Marcus, yeah, I, I think that um, the people running for school committee in all the different towns have a um, real responsibility. Yeah. Right? And I think many of them have to understand their responsibility 